following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Well, let's pray together. God, our Father, we are so grateful for the great love that you have for us and that you have shown us on that wonderful cross instrument of torture or any pain and a death and yet it's wonderful to us because by it you bought our forgiveness and salvation by the blood shed on that cross we have forgiveness and we are so grateful for that Lord I pray that your spirit would shine light on our hearts this morning as we open your word together we thank you for the gift of your word and pray we would be good stewards and good students, not just to fill our minds, but to connect our hearts to yours. So we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're back in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 8 through 14 this morning. But I want to read you some other scripture first, and uh, pardon the pun, but to shine a little light on the passage we're going to look at this morning. Don't write that one down. Hold it against me, okay? <laughs> Genesis 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. In the parallel passage in the New Testament, in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Later in that same gospel, John chapter 8, verse 12, we read this last week. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, I hope you're writing all this down. <laughs> Jesus said in chapter 5 of Matthew's gospel, verse 14 through 16, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but put it on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I will stop there. 
Darkness and light have long been uh, symbolic of uh, good and evil. All throughout literature, the forces of darkness have been warring against the forces of light. And this theme has found its way into every form of storytelling that the world has ever come up with. The call to the light and the power of the dark side. Really? Come on, wake up. You don't know the power of the dark side. (laughs) Boy, you guys are all up late to watch the Patriots play, right? You're a little sleepy this morning. Well, I was doing some reading about light this week, just in the natural sense. And to put it simply, light is a thing and darkness is not a thing. That's very scientific. Um, uh, Meaning that light is something that is measurable, uh, but darkness is not. Um, It's simply the absence of light. There's uh, things can radiate light, but nothing radiates darkness, only in a figurative sense. There's an ongoing discussion among scientists, I learned, which I thought was funny, they should have settled this by now, but how far away can you see the light of a single candle in the dark? Anybody here know? The discussion is somewhere between a mile and 30 miles. People make their living discussing this, apparently. So... I guess it, yeah, how big is that wick? This big around, you see, for 30 miles? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. If you're blind, how far away can you see it? Well, the theme of light representing goodness and darkness representing evil find its root in the scripture. Light representing God's holiness and righteousness and a darkness representing sin and a death and evil, a separation from God. So it's no coincidence that those who follow Jesus, who call himself the light of the world, the light of life, the Father's instrument of the creation of light that we read about, it's no coincidence that we who follow him should be called children of light in Ephesians 5. So we're going to look at that together, Ephesians 5, verse 8 through 14. That's page 978 in the Pew Bible, if that's helpful to you. And I think it's up on the screen. Now, if you were here last week, thank you for coming back. Uh, we look at verses 3 through 7. If you weren't here last week and wondering why that's funny, maybe go to the website and listen. Then write me a letter, say why you're not coming back again. If you were here, you, would, uh, you may remember that Paul ended the verses uh, 3 through 7 with a strict warning not to be partners with the sons of disobedience who are even now receiving the wrath of God. Not that we're not to have any sort of relationship with them, but we are not to be co-sharers with them of the wrath of God by our behavior. So that's where we pick up in verse 18. I'd like to say that the news gets better after that, but it keeps going. Verse 8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, 
For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I want you to think about that very first statement for just a minute. It doesn't say, You were in the darkness. What does it say? You were darkness. Now, I thought darkness was not a thing. Well, guess what? It is. Every once in a while, it's a good thing to be reminded of what we once were apart from Christ. So that we appreciate even more all that he has done for us. We were darkness. Sin and death and separation from God. All that darkness represents, that was us. And for some today here, I don't know, maybe there still is. The good news is, if it is, it doesn't have to stay that way. We are reminded in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 this way. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now it's a reminder that God is the Father of light. He invented the whole idea. He's the one that created as recorded in Genesis. God spoke and light came to be. There was no light before. God invented it. He created it. He is the one who calls us out of our darkened state into his marvelous light. So you want to pray for your friends or family that don't know the Lord. Pray that they would be called into God's marvelous light because they are darkness. As the creator of light, God is the one who did what was necessary to rescue us from our darkness and make us light by sending Jesus to die on a cross on our behalf. We were sexually immoral. We were impure. We were covetous. We were darkness. The wrath of God was upon us. But now, through Jesus, through faith in Him, we are light in the Lord. That deserves an amen. God is the creator of light, our Father. Without Him, we were still darkness. If you don't have Him, faith in Him, you are darkness still. But now, since we have faith in Jesus, since we are light in the Lord, 
we must now, as verse 8 says, walk as children of light. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a gardener. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't even like mowing the grass. Um, plants and I, I like to cut down trees and make things out of them. I prefer them dead. Um, they're more useful to me that way. Um, but this week, a dear friend of ours uh, gave us a plant, a rosemary plant. Um, it's a lovely uh, little thing. It's a housewarming gift. And uh, rosemary, you may know, has a very nice fragrance to it. Uh, and it's great for cooking and all sorts of home remedies and stuff like that. Um, but it has to be alive in order to work. So pray for our plant. Uh, in order for this particular type of plant, I did some research, it needs a lot of light, as much light as you can get it. Now, fortunately, we have uh, windows facing the south, so it gets a lot of light where it's sitting right now until I knock it over. Um, but if you give it a lot of light, it will continue to grow and to flower, and you can use all that new growth as a seasoning or put in your cooking or or just sniff it, I guess, if you want, put in your tea, whatever. We'll learn more as it grows. But if it doesn't get light, if instead of on the kitchen counter, I put it down on my desk in the basement where there's no light, um, uh, it, it, won't, it won't make it. It won't grow at all. It'll be just like every other plant we've ever had, which is just an empty pot full of dirt. That's, uh, that's me. Um, light produces fruit. He didn't know you're going to get a, a biology lesson this morning, but uh, light produces fruit. My plant won't grow if he doesn't get light. And the fruit of light, figuratively speaking, is found in all that is good and right and true, as it says in verse 9. How do you know you're in the light? Goodness and righteousness and truth are characteristics of your life. Since we are children of light, we are to walk accordingly. And as such, our lives should be characterized by goodness, righteousness, and truth. This is the fruit that light produces. For those who are darkness, their lives are not characterized by these things, but just the opposite, by selfishness and wickedness and falsehood. Well, what do those things mean? It's easy to just say, well, be good, be right, tell the truth, and move on. At least do it on Sunday while all the church is watching. Right? Having positive moral qualities, doing as good requires, an honest fidelity, being free from hypocrisy, these are the fruit of life. This is the type of of fruit of light. This is a type of life that the children of light are to lead. I think that last one, uh, truth, uh, is more complicated than our English gives us. It's free from hypocrisy. Now, what is, uh, what is the church known for in our day and age? Right? Being judgmental, uh, homophobic hypocrites. Hoorah, no amens for that, huh? 
Well, it's a problem, isn't it? We're commanded to be just the opposite. Hmm. Having positive moral qualities, doing what is right, following God's word, following the law of the land, making the right choices, and doing as God requires, being righteousness, being right before Him, is only possible through faith in Jesus. And to be free from hypocrisy. Not to say one thing and do something else. Not only that, but as verse 10 says, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Walk as children of light and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. What's it mean? Fine, I'll tell you. Hold on. You're taking notes. Write slowly. It means, simply put, to try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Okay, get it now? It makes sense now, right? I don't know how else to put it. I can't make it more complicated. Well, the Greek says that bring cookies to church for pastor. I wish that it did say that, but it doesn't. It's very simple. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. This is the pursuit of the Christian life. Right? If you don't know what it means to be a Christian, what am I supposed to do? Well, here you go. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. This is our entire life's pursuit. Right? To live in such a way that make our Father smile. Right? By follow His word, follow His instructions, don't disobey Him. My kids want to make me smile. What do you think they do? Kick the dog? No. Dump out the trash? No. They do what they think I want them to do. Right? And that's our life is the same way. Trying to find what is pleasing to the Lord. And the good thing is he wrote it all down. So it's not hard to figure it out. We just have to take the time to read it. There is no greater pursuit. Matthew Henry said that trying to discern what is pleasing to the Lord is examining and searching diligently what God has revealed to be his will and making it appear that you approve it by conforming yourselves to it. Observe, we must not only dread and avoid that which is displeasing to God, but inquire and consider what will be acceptable to him. Searching the scriptures with this view, thus keeping at the greatest distance from these sins. Now, I asked already, what's the church known for? We're known for what the world thinks we're against. Not what we're for. All too often, we're categorized, the church is categorized as a somber life spent diligently trying to avoid sin. What a drag. What a bummer life that is. The church is all too often known for what she's against, not what she's for. Now, are we to avoid sin? Yes, absolutely. You think about being a child, how do you please your parents? Well, you don't go out of your way to disobey them if you want them to be happy with you. What do you do? You do the dishes without being asked, right? You let the dog out without somebody having to yell at you. All my kids are listening right now. If not, we'll play the sermon back on the way home. We are absolutely to avoid sin, but avoid simply 
avoiding sin is simply a byproduct of pursuing what pleases our Heavenly Father. I pray you don't miss that point. When we're seeking to please God and do what is acceptable to Him, we just forget about the things that aren't acceptable to Him because they're just not, uh, not part of the programming. And finally, light created by God not only produces fruit, but it also expels darkness. Look at verse 11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Light reveals the true nature of things. Monsters in the closet become just uh, sweatshirts and toys, right? When the lights are turned on, stools and chairs and any number of other shin busters, they, they, uh, they are easily avoided when we turn on a light, not try to make our way in the dark. That's kind of what it... That's, that's, wow, that's profound. This is what life really like. Turn on the lights, you bunch of dopes, and you will see the stool or the chair or the dog or whatever, and it won't trip, and it won't get bit. You find your way to the bathroom, right, without hurting yourself. Is it, is it any more complicated than that? Really, is life any more complicated than that? We're dumb enough to think, well, I know the path, right, well enough. But you don't know it's been dragged there in the dark, <laughs> waiting for you to drip over. All we need to do is turn on the lights, and we'll see where we're going. But we are humans. We are mankind, and men hate the light. Because it exposes our darkness. Darkness hates the light because they cannot coexist. And those who are darkness hate the light as well because they don't want their evil deeds to be exposed. Did I write this down? I have a point I really want to make. I don't want to make it too soon. Oh, all right, I'll wait. Stay tuned for more yelling. Now, you remember John 3.16. You heard of it before? It's the number one most searched scripture in the world, according to the Google, whoever that is. Right? There is a lot of power in its simple truth and a lot of power in its simple context. He says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, you want to stop there? You want to keep going? All right, we're going to keep going, whether you want to or not. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. You ready? The light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. 
For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in good. You ever wonder why your friends or family that don't believe in the Lord uh, don't come to church when you invite them? Do you want to know why they actively avoid having anything to do with the Bible? Mm -hmm. How many times have you heard people say they can't come to church because the building might collapse or it burned down or they get struck by lightning if they walk across the threshold? Now, are they really afraid of these things? No, of course not. What they are afraid of is being exposed to the light. They are afraid of having their mm, wickedness and darkness visible. They hate the light and love the darkness. Now they should break our hearts. And we pray for them because it's all we can do. Love them, pray for them, represent the light. But we are that sit on the hill and our light should not be hidden just because it makes them uncomfortable The beautiful thing about the church is that this building or any other church building is not where the light lives. We don't come to visit the light on Sunday mornings. I'm thankful we plug them in. But that's not how it works. Because we are the children of light. The light goes with us when we leave. We turn the lights out here. It's just another building like Napa across the street. When it's empty, at least. It smells better. And as we go, as children of light, we are not to partake in the fruitless works of darkness, but rather expose them. Now, we don't like this, either. Because our lives, our behavior, our testimonies shed light on the darkness around us. And at the risk of committing society's greatest sin hurting someone else's feelings or disagreeing with them. As children of light, we are called to expose those who are in darkness to the light of the Lord, calling sin, sin, and the true nature of the lies of the enemy. Because our friends that are darkness are deceived. They don't know the truth. They're more comfortable in the darkness because they can't see the truth around them. It's our calling to expose the fruitless works of darkness. We are called as God's children to shine the light of the gospel, the light of truth into this fallen world, so that those who are dead in their sin may have the light of Christ shine on them, so that they may be raised to new life, and so too become light in the Lord. It's a worthwhile pursuit. Is it possible people could be offended? Yeah, bummer. But it's the truth. And it's worth it. I would rather offend man by being obedient to God than to offend God by being obedient to man. And if anyone here today has realized that you're still in the darkness, you need to know that everything that is necessary for you to be light in the Lord, to have your sins forgiven, to have your, 
to be washed and sanctified and justified. All of the work has already been done. All you need to do is accept the truth. Confess your sin to God and surrender your life to Him. And you will become light in the Lord. And receive His forgiveness. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that this powerful truth is true. It's a message as old as the hills, but it's not changed. That we were once darkness, and now through faith in Jesus Christ, we are light in the Lord. And again, I pray for anyone who is still darkness here this morning, that the light of the love of Jesus would shine in their hearts. And they would know the truth. They turn from their sin, confess it to you, and accept your forgiveness. Father, I pray for those of us who are the light in the Lord, that we would not be ashamed of the light, that we would not tied under a basket, but we would shine the truth of your word, the truth of the gospel, on those around us, that we, like a city on a hill, would not be hidden but everyone who would see the light of the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts, in our lives. We're so grateful for that light. And we're so thankful that you call us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We love you, Lord, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.